Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Thank you very much for your WhatsApp messages to 086-123-9595. You can text that number as well. You can tweet us at Limerick today. You can call 46-1995. And we have been absolutely overwhelmed by uh, the reaction this morning on a couple of issues, but mainly the new COVID-19 restrictions brought in by the government from yesterday until at least the 13th of September. Uh, John says, just listening to the debate in the studio there regarding the new restrictions, uh, one of your contributors alluded to finger-pointing from the elderly in society. I should remind listeners that nobody has endured more finger-pointing than the elderly in our communities. Where the finger should be pointed at is at the total incompetence of the government we're now dealing with. Um, this pandemic, uh, they are uh, going around like a headless chicken uh, without leadership. Um, and uh, Miriam says, it seems the government are intent on opening schools as normal, come hell or high water. There's limited numbers ordered for everything except school kids and buses. They haven't got it right. Initially on care homes, meat factories or direct provision. Let's hope our children are not the next sacrifice. They can't know how it's going to work out in schools as no country has dealt with them running into autumn winter. I'm a high risk single mum. If my daughter catches COVID and passes it to me, I genuinely think I will be one of those severely affected. It's very frightening and I'm thinking I will continue homeschooling however difficult that might be. Jack says, bring back Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach. At least he was able to guide the status quo. Michal Martin has no idea how to communicate with us. Uh, Jar says, uh, how can you blame young people when the average age getting COVID is 45? Uh, well, I think the statistics are that up to 70% of uh, recent cases have been in people 45 years or younger. Um, Joe, um, the meat plants um, and uh, also direct provision centres. Uh, the government is proving itself at the moment to be a reactive government and getting mixed messages. They have lost the faith of the citizens, says uh, Pat. Um, John has been in touch, uh, WhatsApped us on 086-123-9595 to say not just close contact, but also the drink and drugs at house parties, uh, influence noise of loud talking, singing, chanting, shouting, Shouting, roaring music, etc. The Guardian have no powers and locals are afraid. Also, rubbish and some damage, uh, says uh, John. Um, and then on a happier note, Anne says, Joe, great to hear the replay of the 2018 All-Ireland win on Limerick today, this morning, and the homecoming of Liam McCarthy. I was there on Hill 16 on the day, exactly two years ago, and that recording still makes me shed tears of joy. It was such an emotional day. Oh, to get back to those days again. But we will if people do what's asked of them for the next few months. Up Limerick, says Anne. An outbreak control team has been established at University Hospital Limerick after one patient and one member of staff on Ward 3B tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday. Contact tracing and testing is underway and all appropriate infection prevention and control measures are being followed in line with the national HSPC guidance. A number of staff from the ward at the centre of what uh, they believe uh, hospital authorities to be a localised outbreak have been identified as contacts. They've been asked to stay off work and to self-isolate in line with national guidance. Initial testing of all patient contacts is complete and hasn't identified further cases. Initial testing of all staff contacts is expected to be completed today, Wednesday, and all patients on the ward in question have been informed of the outbreak. Uh, and separately to that, uh, the Irish Na Nurses and Midwives Organisation say that nursing staff, their members on site at UHL, are balloting for industrial action uh, over various concerns that they have had uh, for quite 
quite a while. Just to remind you again of the new measures. Now, this is on top of some of the restrictions that were brought in and the delay to phase uh, four of reopening that happened uh, a few weeks back. All businesses should continue to allow remote working where that's possible. If you're having visitors over to your home, you should limit them to six people from no more than three households. Outdoor gatherings are to be limited to 15 people. Restaurants and cafes, including pubs, which serve food, can remain open, but with a mandatory closing time of half 11. Sports events and matches are to be played behind closed doors with no spectators allowed. There should also be strict avoidance of social gatherings before and after games. Indoor training should be limited to six people and outdoor training should be limited to 15 people. Public transport should be avoided where possible. If you're travelling in a car or other vehicle with someone not from your household, it's recommended that you wear a face covering and all state bodies with responsibility for monitoring, inspection and compliance will up their activities on an integrated basis. And then for the over 70s, you are asked uh, to use your individual judgment to keep the number of people you meet as low as possible. When you do meet people, it should be at a distance of two metres and for as short as time as possible. Avoid public transport where you can and shop during designated hours, special times that shops have set up for those who are over 70 or medically vulnerable to safely do their shopping. Uh, now, we talked uh, earlier in uh, the show to Minister of State Niall Collins of uh, Fianna Fáil, Minister of State Patrick O'Donovan of uh, Fine Gael. He's got responsibility for the Office of uh, Public Works, works and he is uh, Fine Gael TD for the Limerick County constituency. is on the line uh, right now. And good morning to you, Minister. Um, morning, Joe. So, uh, the sense is, the sense is that there is confusion. And um, the point that was being made was Neffet had provided certain advice yesterday. And I understand that uh, letter is available if people want to go looking for it on the Department of Health website. Um, not all of that advice was taken by the Cabinet. Um, they looked at it um, and it was an extended meeting, as we all know. Um, and we're hearing from reports this morning, quite a robust debate. And they then came out with the recommendations that are now immediately in place until the 13th of September. But have those changes led to confusion and contradiction? Well, first of all, it, it wouldn't be the first time if it is a recommendation that, that the government have taken. So that's, that's, not, that's not new in the sense that uh, they make decisions up to the government ultimately to, to make decisions. But in my sense of it, Joe, and I'm not a member of the cabinet, is the country is slipping backwards, and it has been slipping backwards for the last number of weeks. And you know, we can we can pick holes in it, or we can um, you know like it or not. But whether it is Kildare, Shirnafli, or whether it is the scenes in Kilti, or whether it's the the, the lack of discipline in in social distancing, um, or whether it's just general overall um, complacency, Ireland is slipping backwards. Uh, and we know that uh, from the numbers. We now have counties in Ireland um, that have numbers well in excess per 100,000 of what some European countries have. Um, and we're slipping backwards heading into the month of September when we know that the flu is going to take off. Um, we're in a very dangerous position. We are in a really, really dangerous position. And I know that there are people in the constituency office this morning about functions that they had planned and, um, and uh, you know, events that are planned. The bigger picture is um, Ireland is slipping backwards. And Americans are seeing that on any statistical norm or anything, just on what I've heard the news over the last number of weeks. You know, where um, numbers in the 20s and 30s suddenly went to, into the 200s. 
uh, where we started to see clusters break out, where we started to see those clusters spread, where we've seen counties being locked down. Um, so the government response yesterday, I know, uh, and listening to a lot of your contributors, I haven't heard the, 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 the structural program, and I know people are in hide. The reality is that um, the numbers are going up, uh, and they're going up in a particular age cohort who are pre- prepared and capable of spreading it to very vulnerable people, which is what the government has said yesterday, and those vulnerable people will die. Uh, and we've already seen nearly 1,800 people yeah. die. Minister, if you think about this, you know, uh, um, religious services, uh, weddings, um, funerals, uh, masses indoors are still allowed with social distancing up to 50. Now, we know that the age profile of people attending is older. And then we're told that there can be no supporters at games and stadiums like the LIT Gaelic Grounds where there are 50,000 people. And, yeah, just, and the, I, or, the ordinary person just does not understand that. But I also know, Joe, and it's people Unfortunately, your, your line is just just very... We, you're breaking up there as you were answering that I, question. I just, yeah, I, I know that from dealing with an awful lot of people that I deal with, they don't go to mess. And they haven't gone to mess for a long time. And whether it is whether it is Father Tony Mullins in Beefield or whether it is Father Dan Lane in Ballingarry or wherever, and they got to uh, March, they're, they're working at live streams. And this is the age cohort of people who have died, and this is the age cohort of people that are at the greatest level of risk. The government hasn't decided a lot of the measures that have been decided for the fun of it. It hasn't been to single out anybody or blame anybody. It is to protect the fact that we now are facing into the flu and the flu every year kills hundreds of people. The flu combined with this is going to kill an awful lot of people unless we get back to basics, which is to wash our hands, maintain social distancing and have discipline. And unfortunately, that has broken down. And it isn't just, you know, the, the video clips online. I watched a queue yesterday um, for, for a chip van at a seaside resort. And literally, there were people standing up on top of each other um, like there was like it was. Um, two years ago at the homecoming of the Limerick team. We're in a totally different place. And we, I think, need um, a jolt to the system that we are in a very dangerous place. Ireland is in a very dangerous place. If you look at the numbers of people per 100,000 and you look at the number of people per county per 100,000, we are at risk of going backwards and going backwards, I believe, into a situation where we, none of us want to go to. Okay, that's why but, the but, but the why then, made. why then, if that is the case and it's such a dangerous place, why then not lock down fully? Because at least it would be consistent. Because we did, um, uh, and everybody said that from the very start, not only would we do um, massive economic damage, but I think we would do catastrophic psychological damage as well to the people. Whereas I'm not a member of the government, uh, the cabinet, but what I am is somebody who's looking on reading what the government papers are. And it is, it's trying to be a balance between where Ireland is and where Ireland could be. Uh, and I think what this is really is an appeal to people. Uh, and yes, it's, it's a huge inconvenience. There's no one saying that it's not. But it is really appealing to people to go back to what we did at the very start, which was to... Uh, maintain our social distancing, limit the amount of people to the basic number that we need to meet within our own social circles, wash our hands, keep away from people, and minimise the amount of possibilities that we have of this virus contracting us. Because the likelihood is 
a lot of us are carrying it around and we don't even know we right. have it. But, but Minister, we're talking to Minister Patrick O'Donovan now. You were Minister of State in the previous government and you're now in this one. I mean, do you not at least accept that in the previous government before June, the message was direct, straightforward, easy to absorb. The, the reality is that people this morning, honestly, in a lot of areas, don't know whether they're coming or going on this. I accept that there is a lot of confusion this morning. I accept that. And the reason that I accept that is my constituency office has been inundated with people saying whether it is from particular economic sectors or whether it's people in relation to whether or not functions can go ahead. I accept that. But I also accept the fact that by the end of the, the day, hopefully by you know the one o'clock and six o'clock news, that uh, the Minister for Health will have been able to answer a lot of the questions that are out there. And I know sporting organisations, cultural organisations, religious denominations, people preparing for sacraments. Um, there's a whole pile of people that have been in touch with my office this morning and individually we're trying to get answers for them. But I would, I, you know, and I accept the fact that there's confusion and I'm not going to pretend that there isn't. Um, but I would hope that by the end of the day um, that, you know, the roadmap system that was in there was there previously um, would uh, at least be start to be put back in place. But Joe, whether it is communications or not uh, is the issue. That's not really the issue for me. The issue for me is that I'm looking on a daily basis at the numbers. 200, 100, north of 60, clusters, counties being closed down. Like, you can blame all the communications in the world that you want. This disease is back with a bang. Uh, it's amongst the community. It's spreading in the community. Uh, and it is causing us as a government right. and as a people and, to worry and, about and, what it would be like with okay. the flu. And the pubs, you know, are likely to remain closed until at least the 13th of September, those that aren't open. And the question they're asking is, is a legitimate one, as are many other people. And we're all aware that house parties are taking place. Are the Gardaí going to A, be given the powers, and are they going to go in and bust up house parties in private homes? Well, in part of the communication that you had uh, yesterday, Helen McEntee is now looking with the Attorney General to see what new powers can be brought in. And I've said on your programme before, I have relatives that are publicans, my brother is a publican, and certainly they feel aggrieved. And I met the publicans in County Limerick last week. Um, and the government's priority is to get the schools opened. And they have legitimate questions. And the one legitimate question, and I raise it again this morning with a senior member of the government, is in the whole area of house parties with uh, the uncontrolled consumption of alcohol in house parties. And I think there is a role for NEFID to, to start seeing, well, where is the alcohol being consumed uh, and what hours of the day should it be allowed to be purchased and what volume of it should be allowed to be You mean enough licences? I mean across the board. Um, because... The problem with the disease is it's spread in droplets and the more, as you said in your earlier piece, with shouting and roaring, the more the people consume alcohol, the more their vice projects, the further the droplets go. So house parties, yes, are a problem, but alcohol is being consumed in those parties and it has to be purchased from someplace. And I think if we're going to have an honest conversation, we have to have a conversation around that. And but, that but, but what about the Gardaí being given the powers without warrant yeah. to enter private homes? I mean, this is, this is not a small thing now, to enter no. private homes and break up house parties that are being privately held. And the Minister for Justice is going to look at all suites of measures that can be done. Would but you I mean, support that? If it means that I'm going to be protected or my vulnerable um, mother is going to be protected or a vulnerable neighbour is going to be protected from some yahoo spreading a disease uh, to the community, I would support anything that stops that. Now, the other big worry we're getting for a lot of people today is they are now seriously doubting whether they should send their children to school. 
they say, well, the government are telling us that they will reopen. But they're wondering now, in the context of everything they're hearing over the last 24 hours, can it be done safely? Well, this is the whole reason that we're doing what we're doing. And this is the whole reason that when Leo Varadkar was teaching and when the handover happens, we need to get the children back to school. Uh, as a parent, as a farmer teacher, as a public representative, we have to get our children back to school. And that has to trump everything else in terms of other sectors of the economy and society. And, you know, if we need to apologise for that, we'll have to apologise for it. But the children have to come first. They have to go back to school. And in fairness to the INTO, the ASTI and the TUI, they have worked with the Department of Education to make sure that whatever protocols have to be put in place are. And these protocols could change and they could change again next week because it'll change based on the reproductive rate of this disease. And it's going on only in one direction, unfortunately, at the moment. That's up. And, you know, I said yesterday in a different radio programme, Maybe it has to take some of the people that are behaving irresponsibly down in Kilkee or, you know, out of house parties to actually be shown uh, somebody on a ventilator struggling for their life for them to cop on. And it's about time now that as a society, you know, we ask the people to cop on because this disease is spreading because of irresponsible actions of a few. And then the majority didn't have to suffer. The majority have to suffer because they're being excluded from social events. They're being excluded from sporting events. They're being excluded from family events. They're being excluded because of the actions of a few. And the rest of us have to pay. But the rest of us are paying a very heavy price to yeah. make sure that when the but flu comes, that we can keep the death rate down. Right. But you do, you do accept that the minority that you're talking about are unfortunately unlikely to uh, be influenced by your calls but and unlikely to be influenced but that's why by the advice... But that's why we need to introduce the powers that you're talking about for the Gardaí. We need to, if we need to strengthen the law in relation to take on these jobs, well, then, then that's what we have to do. Yeah. But your difficulty with that, as you well know, is getting the balance right and ensuring, because it can happen, it can happen, ensuring that that does not end up, for example, being used maybe in certain areas of um, the country, uh, which mightn't be as influential and not in salubrious areas where house parties can go on as well, or those powers can be exploited without warrant to go into certain homes Joe, for other reasons. Joe, you're around a lot longer than I am, and the Gardaí... I'm not around that much longer than you are. But well, you're around a good bit longer than I am. Not the that Gar- much. And Garda Shea have, since the foundation of the state, been given powers by the government of the day uh, to use with, uh, with with responsibility, and they're doing that. And the Gardaí are as concerned for their own members and their own members' families as the rest of us are about catching this disease. So if it is a thing, and the Minister for Justice will... But OK, let me ask you a straight up. question then, right? A High Court judge holds a house party in his home that is in breach, and somebody in another part of the country that wouldn't be seen to be of that status is... Will both those be treated equally if these and powers are introduced? You know the answer to that as well as I do. Because Which is? Before, before I came on the programme there, I was listening to an ad on your programme saying it doesn't matter how long you're on the mobile phone for, the law is the law is blind in relation to who you are or what you are. The law is the law. And if Helen McEntee has to introduce uh, provisions to strengthen the powers that are currently available to the guards, then it doesn't matter who you are. The guards, the guards enforce the law of the land based on the law that's given down to them by the Minister for Justice. And if you bring in the two superintendent, Jerry Roach, he'll tell you that. His men and women will enforce the law that they're given. If there's cracks in the law, which there may very well be at the moment, uh, in relation not, not only to the consumption, but to the sale of alcohol, then they'll do that. But it's not only alcohol. Unfortunately, there's drug parties as well that are happening. And they're not only happening in houses. We've seen them in Ben Stens in Kilkee. 
We've seen them in, in, in parks. We've seen them on the sides of footpaths. A party doesn't constitute necessarily the front room uh, of a house in a, in a suburban part of Limerick. So, like, the, the bottom line in this, though, Joe, is to get back to where we started. We're in a very dangerous place. We're in a very dangerous place because we're now heading into the autumn where the flu will resurrect itself and where we, do, we still don't have this thing under control. We know from UHL it has its own problems. It has historic problems. We know what has happened when elective surgeries have had to be cancelled into the hospital to make it available for COVID. We know that the flu will, unfortunately, as it does every year, will kill a particular cohort of people. But you, you mix all of that in with COVID and you don't take what might, some people might regard as retrograde steps. Where does it leave us? I'll tell you where it will leave us. In three months' time, you will have me on and you will say, why didn't you do this when you knew this was going to happen and you knew lives were at risk? So we're not doing this for the fun of it. Yeah. And yes, there are communications problems. I will admit that, and I think that that's something that needs to be dealt with. Right. But the public health of the people trumps everything. Okay, and, and one other thing, uh, Kevin has been in touch, and, and this is something else that definitely is emerging here, uh, saying, Joe, look, I'm, I'm very angry about this. It's the National Public Health Emergency Team, unelected, who made the decision, and the government are just following. No, they're not. And like, I mean, the National Public Health Emergency Team, he's right or unelected. The government are elected. The government have to make decisions. That's why you have me on this morning and you don't have a member of, of NIFID on because I'm the person whose name will be on the ballot paper. And up to now, remember when this disease broke out first, the statisticians were, were projecting that Ireland could lose anything up to 20,000 people by way of deaths from COVID. The, the measures that have been taken are draconian. They've been draconian for a very simple reason. It's because we don't want our health service overwhelmed. We don't. We have a limited number uh, of ICU beds. We don't want a, um, a, a situation where we can't admit people into hospitals. Remember the pictures that we saw obviously with army trucks with coffins being stacked inside in them, where they ran out of coolers in in New York, where they had to bury people in mass graves in Brazil. We don't want that. We're not introducing these measures for the fun of it. We're not. We're not closing down parts of the economy or parts of society because we believe that, you know, it's for no risk. This is a risk-based system. I don't like it. I think it's very unfair. I think it's very unfair on 70-year-olds and over. I think it's very unfair on youngsters that want to go back training. I think it's very unfair on the GA that they can't win a championship. I think it's very unfair on people can't attend a loved one's funeral, and I saw it in my own family. But I also think it's very unfair that this virus does not care who it claims and where it doesn't care whether it's an affluent part of Limerick City or a poor part of Limerick County. It doesn't matter who it gets. It'll get you and it'll kill you. And that's what we have to bear in mind. And I know people are annoyed this morning. I'm annoyed and I'm very upset over it. And I think there are things we can improve, certainly in the area of communications. But communications will not save one life. It's the measures that we take as a society will, will save people's lives. And we have to decide. We had a very good, unified approach to the outbreak of this when it started from St. Patrick's Day. If we lose that now... All right, uh, Minister of State, uh, the Office of Public Works and uh, Limerick TD... So, can I mention one thing? Yes. Can I mention, just a totally off of COVID, um, as you know, there's an orange weather alert this evening and I'm Minister with Responsibility for the OPW and I would ask people, you know, uh, particularly in relation to exposed areas where there are um, things that could possibly be blown around in the wind, like outside furniture, barbecues, a lot of people have a lot of things out in their gardens at the moment. Please be vigilant and to stay off of the roads, to follow the advice of the Gardaí and, and the local authorities, the Met Air and the OPW, and further advice will issue throughout the day.
Okay, Minister, thank you for your time. Thanks, Joe. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.